0: When we're not in the great outdoors, we're thinking about it. Kender Outdoors, come on into the camp house and make yourself at home.
1: Hey, it's camp house time again at Kinder Outdoors. Sure glad you're here. The dog days of summer starting to dwindle down. The kids are back in school. They'll be playing tackle football soon. And, hey, it'll be deer season, duck season. But it's still hot. We're still inside. And we're going to look back a little ways on the show today. Glad you're here with us to look back. Front door to the camp house brought to you by our friends at Calming Care from the trusted name Purina. Calming Care. It very gently settles the overactive dog, the overbarker, the overjumper. If that's your dog, come see me at kinderoutdoors.com, K-I-N-D-E-R, and take a look at calming care. We've had a great opportunity over the past decade plus along the highways and byways of America to hang out with some icons, not only outdoor icons, but great American icons, folks like Chuck Yeager and Forrest Wood, the inventor of the modern-day bass boat. We're going to hear from them today, even though we've lost them, some great guys. Here's another one. I caught up with him on a beautiful private lake in East Texas a few years back, fly-fishing icon Lefty
2: Craig. One of the big problems has been why we have not got more people, both women, And children into fly fishing. It's been too expensive. Uh, It used to be ten years ago. There were almost no rods that cost less than four or five hundred dollars. So if you had two kids and you wanted to get them into fishing, between the reels and rods, you had way over a thousand dollars invested, and you didn't know whether they were going to like it or not. Yeah. The other thing is that um, uh, that we really tended to make it a man's sport. And it's just I do private lessons uh, at home on fly casting. It used to be that if a woman would come for a fly casting lesson, usually her boyfriend or her husband brought her and brought her, and they she went along because he wanted her to. Yeah. What's happened in the last few years is I've had lots of women who bring their boyfriends or their husband. In fact, uh, do you know who Wayne Lapierre is? Oh yeah. Well. I uh, met a lady who was a very beautiful lady uh, in her 30s on a business deal, and we bonded and my wife and I, in fact, well, I'm hit him we really liked her, and mm-hmm. I went, and she loved fly fishing, and we fished together a number of times, and one day she called up and she said, uh, I think I might marry this guy, would you give him a fly cast line? I said, oh, sure, Susie, so she brings him up. This little short fellow named Wayne LaPierre, stand around, I didn't know who the hell he was. And, uh, <laughs> you didn't know? Not then. And uh, she hooked the thumb over toward Wayne and said, if he don't to f- learn to fly cast, he's out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Wayne learned to fly cast, and they've, of course, I've been everywhere on the planet, and they said, where should we go? And they've been fishing in Africa and New Zealand oh, yeah. and South America, and they're having a wonderful time. When you're the head of the NRA, you have opportunities. That's right. But the point is that uh, the area that's grown the, the most in fly fishing the last few years has been, the introduction of women.
1: What would you suggest to a, to a single mom or maybe a dad who hasn't fished since his dad took him when he was a kid, and they want to get their kids involved?
2: What would you do with your kids? Take them to the Dallas Fly Fishers Club. They got one of the nicest clubs, and I've been in, giving talks there a couple of times. And they 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 will teach you fly casting. They teach you fly tying. They have uh, trips that they they create and sort of mentor the people going on the trips Uh, it's and they one of the the difference I don't get me wrong I'm not just a fly fisherman if they won't take flies I'm going to a gets it or a or something else if they won't take that I'm going to go to worms I'm going to catch that fish one way or the other so (laughs) I ain't one of them Guys, you know it says that you got to use the underarm fur from orangutan from South Africa with <laughs> Australian possum and all that. I'm, a, I'm want to catch fish. You're a fisherman. Absolutely, and I'm want to catch fish. But um, the there is a difference between people who fly fish and other fishermen. If I'm fishing with a guy and we're catching a lot of, let's say we're catching a lot of them on Senkos and some boat goes by. My buddy'll stick his rod underwater when he's got a bass on there, 'cause he don't want nobody to know what he's catching <laughs> them on. But if you're on a, on a flash fly fishing and you're catching a lot of fi- or you're on you're not catching any, the fellow down from me is catching some. He'll come over and give you flies. There's a camaraderie there that doesn't exist with, and it's not an elitist thing at all, 'cause. No. Most fly fishermen, they ain't got enough money to be elitists. You know? right, right, right. They're like you and me, we're working for a living. Right. But there is a camaraderie. So when you join those clubs, uh, people are tickled to have you, and they share it, and they love uh, love helping kids to do these things, and they got programs for kids. So some single mother, and also uh, there's a lot of nice guys in there that got money, so the wife, if, it's, if she's single... <laughs> she might find a husband there, too.
1: You are a piece of work, sir.
2: Oh, I thought Bill was a guy named I got married. I'm
1: kidding. <laughs> uh, uh, Lefty, thank you so much. Oh. I, I really appreciate the time, and uh, good fishing to you this afternoon. Well, uh, thank I, you. I know you're looking forward to your day. That's right. The great Lefty Cray on Kinder Outdoors this week. As we look back on some of the conversations that we've had with legendary guys that are no longer with us, guys like Lefty and Chuck Yeager, General Chuck Yeager, he's coming up after the break, after we make a little run to the coffee pot. I want to thank my friends at Fortiflora from Purina, the makers of America's number one canine probiotic. They've kept my dogs healthy for a long, long time. If you own a dog, you really ought to have Fortiflora in the fridge. Learn more about it when you come see me at KinderOutdoors.com.
3: It's Hank Parker, and when I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm thinking about it with Kinder Outdoors. Hurry up and get in the boat, Billy. I'm going to beat your pants off.
1: Can you imagine 20-plus sailfish in a single day? Welcome to Costa Rica's rich fishing history. The marlin catch is as good as any spot on earth. Blue Marlin, sailfish, mahi, and tuna. From the moment your feet touch down in beautiful Costa Rica, you'll discover a new love in your life: the landscape, the people, the food, the salty air and year-round fishable temperatures and calm waters. At Carib Sea sport fishing, we're prepared for your group with a fleet of some of the most successful vessels in this sport fishing area. Call your buddies or make it a couple's trip to Costa Rica. Enjoy world-class Caribbean sport fishing, endless shopping, beaches, spectacular wildlife. Discover the landscape by horseback. Carib Sea Sport Fishing offers a variety of trips, offshore, inshore, overnight, half day, full day, every day. Come see us now at catchafishincostarica.com. At Marksman Firearms and Outfitters, they believe the customer deserves a place to go that offers the largest variety at reasonable prices with staff that's truly knowledgeable and always puts the customer first. Military and first responders get a 10% discount, and we offer 90-day layaway, same as cash. To stay up to date on the latest products, news, events, and more, follow Marksman on Facebook and Marksman of Texas on Instagram. For more info, go to MarksmanFirearms.com. Make your mark at Marksman. The granddaddy of Texas hunting shows is back at its birthplace to kick off the 2022 hunting seasons, August 19, 20, and 21. The Texas Trophy Hunters Extravaganza at the Freeman Expo Hall in San Antonio. Featuring the greatest hunts, newest gear, trickiest camo, rifles knives and bows live rattlesnakes and gators too see you in san antonio for the texas trophy hunters extravaganza august 19 20 and 21
3: hey crappie anglers crappie season is here wally marshall mr crappie here to tell you about all of the new crappie products for 2022 Check out the all-new Wally Marshall Classic signature rods by Luz. The Wally Marshall Classic Series starts at five foot six and all the way up to sixteen foot in length. IM eight graphite construction, cork handles, stainless steel guides, super light for all day use and the perfect trolling and casting rods on the market today. Now for you live scopers out there, the Wally Marshall Pro Target rods are designed with IM8 graphite blanks, stainless steel guides, and wind grip handles. No slip with a grip when you're trying to boat flip a three-pounder. Pro target rods are the best for live scope, trolling, and perfect for wade fishing and heavy cover. All new Mr. Crappie Colors and Crappie Thunders, Slabalicious, Jokers, and pose. Tennessee Mist, White, Who Dat, and Don't Miss the School Bus. All crappie anglers should keep the Mr. Crappie slap o matic electric fillet knife handy, too. Strikeking.com, blues.com, and smithsproducts.com. U.S. Highway 287 carries elk hunters and
1: fly fishers, snow skiers and bird dog chasers, 72-ounce steak eaters, varied Cadillac picture takers, antelopers, prairie doggers, and rattlesnakers. The Herdware Store sits on Highway 287 near Goodnight, Texas. Now only 18 people live around here, so to keep the lights turned on, we need you 287 travelers to stop by. Come in out of the weather and take a look at the most unique store between the Gulf and Pacific coasts. One-of-a-kind artwork, jewelry, knives, and more. Feel the luxurious softness and warmth of bison socks, gloves, hats, beanies, blankets, and scarves. You'll think it's cashmere, and it's warmer than wool. Our sister company, Buffalo Wool, produces the finest bison products on the planet. The Herdware Store is boots and shoes, bison blankets and throws, even bison meats for the road. The Herdware Store, 42 miles southeast of Amarillo. Hey, drop by right now at herdware.net.
0: In God We Trust, that fishing story you just told, not so much. Come on, it's camp house time at Kinder Outdoors.
1: Hey, if you don't have one of our good-looking Kinder Outdoors t-shirts yet, you need one, just come see us at kinderoutdoors.com, K-I-N-D-E-R, com, and uh, register. It's right there on the home page. It's a simple registration and drawing. We give them away all the time and ship them out all over the country and even internationally. So wherever you are, com. It all starts right there. We're celebrating some past camphouse conversations with some of our heroes that we've met along the trail. General Chuck Yeager and I were together in a hotel in Abilene, Texas, about 10 years ago or so. It was really snowy, a blizzard outside. The snow was deep. We couldn't run the bird dogs. So we sat down and just had a good old-fashioned talk.
4: He said, well, we... I'll put you with the Maquis, the the French Resistance forces, right. and you can they'll take care of you, and then move you farther south to the border, and then they'll help you through the the border to Spain, and so I I spent quite a you know quite a few days in the mayor's in a little tiny shack behind his house, and the Germans never did get into that area, mm-hmm. and uh, it, so it, he protected me, and finally after about about two months of running around with the Mackie. We moved every night, and they stole cattle, and and uh, the British would drop them a canister or two with Halifax's, and they had radio contact with the, the airplanes, and hit, they'd drop these big canisters by parachuting and have have uh, you know counterfeit meat ration stamps, red ration stamps, ammunition, guns, explosives, and uh, it was it it was a natural for me because my dad was in the natural gas drilling business in West Virginia and I was dad would put me in charge of the explosives for blowing up you know crack, fracturing the earth sure. 3000 feet deep you know shoot the well right? crack it around and so it was easy for me to teach these guys how to cut these fuses for the right length when they were blowing up bridges and uh. and roads and things like that so it, it I stayed with the Macchi about two months, and right. they moved every night, and they were really dedicated. Shoot, and they hurt the Germans very bad. So, huh.
1: and don't get the credit that they deserve
4: there. Yeah, that's right. They were the nicest people, and they still they say they lost sixteen hundred American pilots in Spain, yes, and every one of them was helped over us by a, a Frenchman, right. and many of them lost their lives. And people don't realize how. Dedicated they were in in helping the Americans.
1: I have the original book Jaeger, that documents yeah. all of this, and I've had it since it. I'm, I bet I'm one of the first people to buy it. Yeah, now, I'm going to get you to sign it for me today. Okay. Too. And uh, when I read that, I just think what a generation, and I'm not the first. My dad fought in World War II; yeah. he was in France. And yeah. uh, what a generation
4: you come from.
1: I can't think if I could go back in time and come from a generation of people, it would be the American people in your generation.
4: Yeah, and also you have to realize where you come from. Like, West Virginia was a place where right. everything was face value. You know, nobody lied because they right. killed you. Right. And that, that's just the way we were raised. Everybody lived face value. You Absolutely.
1: Know? Truth meant a lot back then. Yeah. Being a Texan, I think we have a lot in common with you West Virginians. Yeah. Well, now, I also read in your book that you've never been more comfortable than in the cockpit of a fighter jet or in the woods with your deer rifle.
4: Yeah, that's basically, you know, where you're free to do what you want to and, yeah. and I, I, I spent well, about 67 years in Air Force cockpits and that's a long time and, yes, and right. I'm very lucky that I've stayed healthy enough to and the Air Force let me serve as a consultant test pilot after I retired because you can, you're only allowed to spend 35 years in the military on active duty. Right. But I did then when I retired in 1975 the Air Force came to me and said would you serve as a consultant test file for a dollar a year. And my goodness. And and I said, yeah, man, as long as I don't have to buy the fuel. (laughs) Right. And so I I worked on all the the research airplanes like F-15s, F-16s, and F-20s and others. Yeah. And it it was interesting because we were developing weapon systems that are still used today. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You bet.
1: But Bud Anderson said that you're the best fighter pilot that he had ever known in his life. And you said the same thing about him. Who, well, who wins that?
4: One? Basically, it, you see, you know, fighters, when we were flying them back in the 40s and, and 50s, there's no there's no help from radar. You te- you depend on eyesight. And right. we had visual acuity of some 20 tenths in each eye. Hmm. And we had spot the enemy fighters farther away than most of the guys in the squadron could. Uh-huh. And you had to set yourself up to come in out of the sun and... And, and blow them out. So right. that's basically the big help today. Everything's done for you. You know, you carry missiles missiles that you home oh. on the enemy and and lock them on and fire them and then go home because they right. do the
5: work for you. Right now,
1: after eight missions and uh, you were downed in France and then you had a long journey to get yeah. out of
4: France. And well, I, I see, we it was on on uh, March March fifth. 1944, we made the first daylight raid on Berlin. Mm-hmm. And it really the whole force of B17s and B24s that were scheduled to hit Berlin got in bad weather. I mean, really, really bad weather. And there was only one box of 36 B-17s that went ahead and, and uh, went ahead and, and made it to Berlin. And it was only two of us mustangs with them. oh my, and because the weather was stinking, and all the guys in our group were lost. they yeah. couldn't find the bombers. Well, me and another guy found them. we stayed with the bombers and they they bombed early. and then, and I noticed the one o nine trying to come in on him and so i I shot him down and uh-huh. and then damaged the hiker one eleven k and 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 then stayed with them all the way back to the to the channel english channel mm-hmm. and then then took them home, and then I went back to my outfit. And we were the only two that, that found the bombers and stayed with them. Uh, and, but that's the way weather was really, really stinking. Right. And you had no nav aids, no nothing. You just right. flew to seen England, and then you try to find your base or any base. because all by bases sight. Bases were 10, 10 miles, sure. so if you couldn't find yours, you'd land at somebody else's base.
1: We lost him a couple of years ago, but... Had the privilege of sitting down with him a few years back. General Chuck Yeager. More from General Yeager when we come back from the coffee pot in a couple of minutes.
0: This is a Kinder Outdoors Conservation Minute. A focus on people that make a difference.
6: At the Outdoors Tomorrow Foundation, we're really happy to have more than 50,000 kids in school classrooms learning about archery, fishing, boating, and other outdoor skills each year. We're thrilled that we have grown to schools across the United States and continue to grow. We're humbled that teaching wildlife conservation to our future generations have been so eagerly accepted by more than a quarter million kids so far. We're happy, thrilled, and humbled, but we're not stopping. The Outdoor Adventures program in junior highs and high schools across America has proven to be a hit with kids, and in case after case, we've seen Outdoor Adventures young lives changed. Kids that just were not into school and not involved are now excited to get into the classroom each day because of Outdoor Adventures. The kids earn classroom credit by learning the outdoor basics, and they smile while learning. If you want Outdoor Adventures in your local school, contact me, Scott McClure. I'm at gootf.com. That's scott at gootf.com.
0: Preserving what we love and educating the next generation every day. To learn more, visit us at kinderoutdoors.com.
1: Hey, come see me at kinderoutdoors.com, K-I-N-D-E-R. Take a look at this video that I got from the folks at the Wild Sheep Foundation this past week. It's remarkable uh, what they're doing with dogs in the area of sheep study now. You know, disease and pneumonia is so crippling, the number one threat to our wild sheep across North America and around the globe. And Working Dogs for Conservation is using specially trained dogs now to detect domestic sheep infected with contagious diseases that's typically how it happens domestic sheep come in contact with wild sheep wild sheep extremely vulnerable and hey you can lose the entire herd go watch this little video of this dog detecting snipping out disease at KinderOutdoors.com. see you back here in a minute this is wayne lapierre and when i'm not in the great outdoors i'm thinking about it with kinder outdoors When Cinnamon Creek Ranch Wild Game Processing converts your venison or pork into breakfast sausage or ground meat, it's a hands-down hit. But step outside
6: the box this year.
1: Cinnamon Creek Wild Game Processing has sausages for
6: every taste. I don't know, probably 30 or more. We have German, hickory, hot links, uh, jalapeno, cheese links, regular jalapeno, cracked black pepper, Cajun sausage, all kinds of sausage. Our Chipotle and cheese is actually our number one seller. We just came out with a hatch chili and cheese summer sausage to complement our links. And we also have a uh, Frito chili cheese pie sausage this year, which is kind of off the charts, but the kids love it. So it's kind of one of those new twists. (laughs)
1: Located just north of Fort Worth, Texas, Cinnamon Creek Wild Game Processing. Experts with all wild game. Visit cinnamoncreekranch.com. At Classic Chevrolet Grapevine, we know all about the early morning memories made in the cab of the truck.
7: Because it's fun to um, be able to uh, do something with my dad and my older brother.
1: So what time did you have to get up this morning to uh, to get all the way down here dressed and fed and ready to go?
7: 4.30.
1: 4.30. Don't you normally get up about 4.30, though?
7: Mm-hmm. No. no way.
1: <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's fun, though, when you're coming out to the dove field to get up that early. It's kind of exciting, isn't it? Yes. There you really. go. Did you see your daddy shooting at that dove right then? Yes. Do you see that duck still flying? Uh, probably. (laughs) At Classic Chevrolet in Grapevine, Texas, we know that the cab of the truck is a special place. It's where family heritage is carried down the trail. Important things happen here. Trusted conversations. Understanding smiles. Life's victories and laughter. Sometimes tears. We're honored to ride along with your family. (laughs) ClassicChevrolet.com Dove hunting in Argentina is well documented, but as my friends at JJ Caseria, Cordoba Doves will tell you, the duck hunting is unmatched anywhere in the world. Lane Balky is the U.S. representative for JJ Caseria.
8: The duck lodge uh, is in Corrientes. We shoot 30 ducks in the morning and 10 Purdy's in the afternoon. We have 11 different species of ducks. We have a duck season from the 15th of April to the 31st of August.
1: You are assured before you ever leave American soil that you're going to feel welcome and at home when you hunt with your new friends at J.J.
0: Caseria.
8: Our lodge is beautiful. It's four years old. It has 10 double bedrooms, all with private baths, all heated and air conditioned. Uh, It's very comfortable. We don't put on air, so you'll feel as relaxed in the lodge as you do in your living room.
1: Hunt world-class doves and ducks in Argentina. Plan next year now by visiting cordobadoves.com.
4: My name is Jose Grasso, the owner of J.J. Caceria.
9: Come see me in Argentina. For the land of the free and the home of the brave. From high school gyms to towering stadiums, every time I see our flag wave, I feel a humbling reminder of the brave who keep and have kept us free. I stand to honor the sacrifices of the generations before me heroes who charged in the battle through bombs and bullets, who lost their brothers and still pushed through, fighting for every inch of our freedom. I stand for my brothers who can't stand anymore men who hunted terrorists to the ends of the earth, who sacrificed their bodies and their lives so that we could peacefully live ours. I stand for the children, the spouses and parents whose family made the ultimate sacrifice for us. We are all standing. We're the National Rifle Association of America and we are freedom's safest place.
0: He's always on, and the conservation is always good. Make sure you bring a youngin' or two. Together, let's teach them what heritage and tradition looks like. This is the Big Billy Kender Outdoors Camp House.
1: And hey, you're always welcome here. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Need to say hello to some folks. Jimmy Alvey, Wills Point, Texas, dropped by the website this week. Jimmy, thanks for the note. Michael Pritchett catches Kender Outdoors in Chicago, Illinois. And Kevin Chambers is down deep south, Chelsea, Alabama. Hello to Barbara Jean Schwitzer. You got to like those girls with two first names. Barbara Jean is in Fort Worth, Texas, Cowtown. Kurt Robbins, way up north, Tobermory, Ontario, Canada. Thank you all for letting us know you listen. We greatly appreciate that. We're catching up with some old conversations on the show today that we've had with outdoor and American. Icons, Folks like Chuck Yeager, General Chuck Yeager. We lost him a couple of years ago, but had the privilege of sitting down with him a few years back. Now, looking back over your hunting life, what have you enjoyed the most? Bird dogs, deer hunting, what have you liked? Well,
4: you know, we never knew knew bird dogs when we were kids. Right. So we pretty well learned, you shot turkey and grouse and stuff like that on your own. Right. You had to creep up on stuff like that. Right. And we never had any dogs. And this was interesting to me when I came down here to Abilene. For the DRI program, these professional guys bring their dogs in. And I was amazed. Those yeah. dogs are fabulous to watch them work birds. Yes, and
1: they And they're are.
4: really well trained. Yes, they And are. so it was interesting to me to see them. But that's that, that something was new to us. We never used dogs when we were kids. Right. Except for tree and squirrels. Right. Or coons at night. Sure. And, and things like that. Right. Our, our big source of meat, ax uh, squirrel, something is just, uh, we... We love squirrels. We would go out and shoot half a dozen. of mama's make squirrel and dump Yeah. And we'd shoot rabbits. She'd fry those up. Absolutely. You'd shoot bear if they're under two years old. Right. And skin them out, cut the fat off, and mom, grind them up and put seasoning in them and then patties and then pressure cook them in quart jars. And right. That was a good source of meat. I'm so. getting hungry. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that sounds good right now. Now, General Yeager, when, when you entered the Air Force, you entered as an enlisted man.
4: Yeah, I, came, I enlisted at age 18, and I was one of those, we had, I went through flying school as a corporal, was two-striper, and when we graduated, got our wings, see, the Air Force was taking cadets in. Now, a cadet had to have two years of college and be 20 years of age. Well, in nineteen forty one by the latter half of forty one before the war start they weren't getting enough applicants from the cadet program, so mm-hmm. they lowered it to the flying sergeant program uh-huh. all, you, all you needed was a high school diploma right. and be eighteen years of age and they brought us in with the cadets and we were younger and and we were weren't educated the cadets had two years of college right. and uh, we but we had a a big advantage over the cadets, the sergeant pilots did because we had been working on the airplanes. Yeah. And we came in out of the maintenance right. period. Right. And and so it it was it, we were we knew the airplanes better, Inside so we, we were better pilots. And I uh, when I graduated then they had finished making a sergeant pilot because it wasn't very right to make a sergeant go do things that a lieutenant did that at three times the pay so right. they made them flight officers the right. same as a warrant officer and uh, I stayed a flight officer he's 17 months in combat hmm. and it was it wasn't an easy life because what combat rank doesn't mean anything right. it's ability to see and lead right. and uh, I was leading guys, lieutenant colonels that who were squadron commanders and they didn't take kindly to something like that Look, uh, I right. could see better than they could and, and and fight better than they could. So right. it was, that's the way it was. It wasn't an easy life, but sure. I stayed a flight officer 17 months and finally made second lieutenant. And then from there on up, uh-huh. it just right place right time. Oh, I know better than that. Uh, young man from West
1: Virginia, yep. serves his as military as, a, as an enlisted man in the Air Force, and now you're revered by presidents. Your name is known around the world. What a life you've had, uh, can you look back on it and say this was the yeah, best part of my Yeah, basically
4: also I've flown in every country with them and they, they always, were, I was over flying the Airbus 380 last fall in France with the Airbus people, right. I've flown all of the airplanes that the British have and the Germans and the right. Swedes and Japanese and right. and it's, they accept you based on your face value. Sure. Works out pretty good.
1: Well, now while all, all your your years in the military, did you ever have time to break away and do any hunting, or did you uh, kind of get yeah. away from it during that time?
4: Man, you wouldn't believe I'd fly down here to Aveline with May, uh, Speck Charles and 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 Mal McElwain and, and some of the guys and hunt with them. Huh. I've hunted in in I was stationed in Pakistan for two years huh. for the war with India, flying with their air force and yeah. and. Uh, uh, Hell, I was hunting all over the Himalayas shooting Marco Polo shoe no, for, for meat for meat. Ah, yeah, I would come.
1: love to. I would love to sit next to you through some of the parts of your life. Just yeah, an well, it just
4: it was interesting. You bet it was. Yeah, I have you, one place. I'm not a trophy hunter, so I've never hunted Africa, uh-huh. and I have no, no desire because I'm a meat hunter. Really, right. and every fall I go out and shoot a. Yearling cow elk, and uh-huh. hopefully with milk on its mouth.
1: You're after the but
4: meat. I'm after meat, and I hunt elk and yeah. and young two-year-old yearling.
1: Yeah, right. Well, now, when you were stationed in Wyoming, you loved to, to hunt uh, yeah. antelope.
4: Yeah, we well, we couldn't get anything. You know, people would frown on something, but we did. We, but we couldn't get anything with Bloney in the mess hall. Right. It was a chunk of baloney, eight inches diameter and three feet long. Oh, yeah. Slice it up and that's what you ate. Right. And I said, and in 1943, we were stationed in Casper with P-39s at training and we went from there overseas to combat and uh-huh. we couldn't get any, any meat in the mess hall, but this Bloney was terrible. Yes, sir. And so I sent about 15 of my guys out with three weapons carriers and butcher knives and I went out in a P-39 and charge 250 caliber machine guns and <laughs> I herded it up about 200 antelope <laughs> next to a road where they got where I had the guys stationed sure and then strafed them and they got the good meat <laughs> off of them right. and we had we had antelope steaks for the next month and then they sent us to Europe when a man's
3: hungry a man's
10: hungry well it, it you know
4: there wasn't any hunting and game sure. was thick but and that, it still that's if that. we just looked at it just Something to harvest and eat. Then that's what we did. You betcha. I can't tell you what an honor
1: it is to uh, sit down with you, and I know that your time is limited, and I'll I'll not ask you for any more of it.
4: But oh, no problem. I, Anything. I, yeah, I, we're just up here, and it'll probably be waiting in. I'll, I'll stay in the truck to learn to eat that kind of <laughs> Sometimes it <laughs> get too cold for an old person.
1: Well, I, I'm not going to call you old, yeah. uh, not as long as you're breaking the sound barrier. Uh, just so pleased to have uh, General Chuck Yeager on
4: the show this morning.
1: What do you see for your flying future? You've got a birthday. Yeah, well,
4: I can, oh, I can fly light airplanes. You know, uh-huh. I don't have to fly military stuff, right? And yeah, I still guy loans you, people loan you an airplane, and it's right. not very much to get step into one from one airplane to another. Do You still get just to, like cars. You you
1: you've flown so many incredible missions and seen so many incredible things from the cockpit. Do you still get a great feeling when you're in there?
4: Yeah, basically when you, when your machinery's working good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, I
1: would think when that machinery's not working good that would Well be.
4: you know, that's something you can't help. You just right. yeah, that depends on good maintenance. Exactly. Exactly. Well, you're an American hero. You are my hero. Thank you, and God bless you for serving our country. Thank Thank you very much.
1: Sincerely, from the bottom of my heart. General Chuck Yeager, what a gentleman. Thank you. Thank you. This corner of the camp house brought to you by Calming Care from the trusted name Purina. If you've got a dog that barks too much, tears the furniture up, rips up the house during a thunderstorm, or freaks out when you leave him alone and go to work, you could benefit from Calming Care from the trusted name Purina. Learn more when you come see me at kinderoutdoors.com, K-I-N-D-E-R. Another outdoor legend, the inventor of the modern-day bass boat and one of the nicest guys you could have ever spent time with, Forrest Wood, when we come back from the coffee pot. Hey, we do want to say hello this morning before we go any further to all of our San Antonio friends, uh, everybody heading out to the Texas Trophy Hunters Extravaganza in San Antonio today. That's the birthplace of this iconic outdoor show, hunting show, San Antonio, the Texas Trophy Hunters Extravaganza, coming home today and again tomorrow in San Antonio.
2: Hey, it's Alan Jones Jr. And when I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm thinking about it with Kinder Outdoors.
1: You've worked hard your entire life, and now that place is yours. Ensure the security of your livestock and wildlife with Tejas Ranch and Game Fence. You appreciate a job well done, and that's our focus at Tejas. High deer fence, horse and cattle specific fences. Fences that keep the hogs out and the peace of mind intact. Decades of high performance in fencing, land clearing, and happy landowners. T-E-J-A-S com. After spending a few days at Joshua Creek Ranch, I describe it as a sportsman's nirvana.
2: We love creating a unique experience for each of our guests. You know, the interests can vary here from wing shooting to deer hunting to fly fishing to river kayaking. So we have a great variety of guests and... Um, We like for them to enjoy everything we have to offer.
1: As I enjoyed the birth of a new day over the rolling hill country ranch that is Joshua Creek, I was amazed at the wildlife, quail, pheasants, native white-tailed deer, trophy-class axis deer.
10: We've worked hard on the habitat,
1: planted improved grasses, really with the help of some wildlife biologists studied what would
7: make the best habitat to keep our game
1: here.
5: Mm -hmm. We can hunt. Easily six, seven, eight groups. And we don't try to do it on 40 acres. I mean, these right. people get to walk, they get to see some country.
1: Joe and Ann Kirchival invite you to enjoy this free range ranch just northwest of San Antonio. Visit Joshua Creek. Dot com. Folks, Texas Outdoors, a true Texas legend, has been serving up hunting, fishing, and shooting supplies to fine folks like you and me for 38 years. Every day, Robert Cantrell puts that genuine smile on his face, turns the key in the door, loads up on fresh stories to share, and takes care of whatever you and I have needed. Robert Well done. Texas Outdoors final sale is its biggest ever. Texas Outdoors, Southwest Fort Worth on the Benbrook Traffic Circle. Thank you for your business.
8: Get it on Amazon. Life is better outdoors. Relax and find your space at the beautiful vineyards, campground, and cabins on Grapevine Lake. Well known for its peaceful setting, lovely grounds, lakefront views, and accommodating Texas-friendly staff. Our full hookup sites can accommodate all bus or RV sizes and offer 50-amp service, many spacious pull-throughs, Able TV, and lightning-fast Wi-Fi. Our fully furnished cabins make it easy to feel miles away without actually roughing it. Enjoy a partially shaded private beach, large playground, fishing pier, water sport rentals, hiking trails, and more. The on-site camp store offers a wide selection of camping supplies, groceries, and gifts. Our landmark pavilion is perfect for your next reunion, rally, or wedding. You'll feel miles away from everything when you're only minutes from anything. Check out historic downtown Grapevine with various entertainment venues, large festivals and events, restaurants, wineries, shopping, and the new world-class Harvest Hall. The Vineyards Campground and Cabins, vineyardscampground.com.
0: There are plenty of fish in the creek behind the camphouse. Feel free to take a ride down from the wall and catch a few kinder outdoors.
1: We've lost some great outdoor icons through the years like the inventor, the father of the modern day bass boat, Forrest Wood. My last in-depth interview with Forrest was on the eve of the Forrest Wood Cup, the old FLW championship. It was back in 2018.
11: Thank you sir and um, it's a pleasure to hear from you.
1: You know what? I'll always treasure the day, and Robin will too, where uh, you and Nina were so kind to spend the whole afternoon with us at the Forestwood Outdoor Sports Gallery in Flippin, Arkansas. Uh, and uh,
11: the only problem with that was, for us, half a day wasn't enough. <laughs> well, we had a good time though, and that,
10: <laughs> yes, we did.
11: That uh, br- that brings so many memories back. As you walk around, look—you just can't hardly ever get finished. No, everything, I, in, there, it- everything in there is connected to somebody in some event that happened. Yes, yeah,
1: and literally, if you are a, a bass boat enthusiast, a bass fishing enthusiast, um, you you don't want to miss it when you have an opportunity to visit the Forest Wood Outdoor Sports Gallery Flipping Arkansas, right next to the Ranger factory there. Uh it is something uh something to see. Well it's Forest Wood Cup time. You've been doing this yes. a long time,
11: Forrest. Does the thrill of this ever fade away or is it just as exciting as it as it was at the first? It gets better and better, Billy, really. Talked <laughs> to Kathy Fennell a couple of days ago and asked her when uh Operation Bass started and they started nineteen eighty, she said. And so we've nice. been involved with Operation Bass all that time. That's thirty-eight years, I guess, so forth. And she <laughs> was there. She was there then, actually, I believe. But it's been a been a nice ride, and we've seen a lot of things change. And they're all get they're all getting better too. All these kids fishing yeah. today just makes you feel good about the future. It sure does. When you can get a college scholarship for catching big green bass, that we've reached a good <laughs> spot. <laughs> you know, when, when I was in high school, I had to slip off and go fishing once in a while. Go fishing. <laughs>
1: I was in the same boat for us. Hey, for folks that don't
11: know about Operation Bass, what is that? Uh, BASS had started prior to that. They started in 67. And then some others began to spring up, and uh, Mike Whitaker started, uh, and, and some other people started Operation Bass over in Kentucky. And that weekend fisherman didn't plan to get to be a big thing, but it has grown through the years. And uh, it, till today, FLW has over 200 tournaments during the year and in about eight foreign countries, I think. And so Mike Whitaker and the people with him then and Operation Bass started something that's really having an impact till today. And so it's a thrill for me to be, involved with it, the FLW the Forest L Wood, that's my initials, and then they named this year-end tournament Forest Wood Cup, and it's a thrill to be here, nine an hour through Sunday, I guess, and uh, it's just a big event, and it's a uh, good, and not, not only the year-end fisher winners, the people that qualified to come out and fish, but there last year there was kids from I believe 37 states came to Columbia, South Carolina, and they had a kids' tournament at the same time on a different lake, and they'll be doing that this year, too, here at Hot Springs.
1: Absolutely. Boy, it is something else. Uh, It's a great get-together if you're anywhere in the area of uh, Hot Springs, Arkansas. You want to try to make it out this weekend to the Expo and, and all the good things that happen. The biggest purse in professional bass fishing: three hundred thousand dollars to the to the winner. Uh, Forrest, do you have any idea what it's going to take to win this thing?
11: No, I do not. I would not want to make a guess about that. It is <laughs> take more. Whoever catches more fish, than everybody else is going to win. <laughs> it's, I think fishing fishing's pretty good right now, and actually, uh, Billy, I think fishing's got better through the years. And part of it's because of the catch-and-release efforts that the tournaments are making. And I think that's just had an impact across the country. We don't catch them and kill them all anymore. Because nothing wrong with eating one now and then, but catch-and-release was a big step. It was a huge step, and you can go to nearly any lake in the country now that has bass, and it's going to have quality bass in it because of that. It's been uh, pretty phenomenal. I'd like to, I think it could help us, too. There are, here on White River, there are three dams, Bull Shoals, Saber Rock, and Beaver Lake. And if they would stabilize the water level for a month during spawning season, and each of those alternate them, they could have a spawn every third year in those lakes, and maybe even oftener than that. And it would be so simple just to... Stabilize the water level during spawning season in Bull Shoals this year, Tabor Rock next year, and Beaver next year. And then other lakes across the country that are controlled by Southwest Power Administration could do the same thing because they have other lakes, other dams that could fill in for them while they stabilize the water in the individual lakes. And I think that's, that's something that needs to be thought about and maybe and in, in get involved in. I think that would
1: be absolutely key um, that our bass are not chasing that rise and fall in water level all
11: the time, trying to to do uh, what God intended them to do. You're exactly right. Right, right. They, a lot of times they get they make a nest and then it get the lower of the lake and leave them sitting on dry ground, and we we miss a spawn pretty often now because of that.
1: Yes. Yep. Absolutely.
11: Uh, well, Forrest. Before I let you go,
1: I have to know: Is Nina still chasing those cows around?
11: She is. Well, yeah, of course she is. (laughs) We've still got more than we ever had, I guess, but we're in a severe drought here right now. We're, We're hauling hay from Mississippi here and feeding cows right now. It's just terrible. The the good news about that
1: Mississippi hay is it's real cheap, isn't it, Forrest?
11: (laughs) Well, time it is before (laughs) you put the truck bill on it. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, Forrest,
1: always a pleasure to talk to you. Enjoy the the cup this weekend, and congratulations on another
11: great year. I will, and I wish you and Robin could be here. It would be fun to see you, and thanks for calling me.
1: Earlier in that conversation with Forrest Wood, Uh, I mentioned the visit that we had with Robin and myself and Forrest and Nina at that Forestwood Outdoor Sports Gallery in Flippin, Arkansas. It was a great afternoon that we spent together with them. Here's part of that visit. Were you born right here in Flippin, Arkansas? Yes, my folks came here in
10: 1821.
1: My word, 1821, and it wasn't quite as developed as it is now.
10: (laughs) No, they came up, White River made a crop down around Norfolk one year, and then Came on up Crooked Creek and settled on Crooked Creek the next year.
1: My goodness, those roots run deep. How about uh, Nina? Is she from this area?
10: She grew up where the dam is now, where the golf course is. Yeah. In fact, they took her parents' or grandparents' property to build a dam on. Oh, is that right? Yeah. She thought about dynamiting the dam for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> she had a right to. It's partly hers. It goes back in the gene pool there a little bit. How a strange! Thing they had taken the other side of her family at Norfolk when they built Norfolk Dam. Yeah, they'd taken their property. Is that and they right? built isn't they? Got them again.
1: <laughs> I'll never look at those two dams the same way again. When I when I uh, roll up there, what is uh, what is this right here? We're looking at five uh,
10: years there. They put this little deal together. Okay, oh, forty fifth year.
1: 45 years of Ranger boats, my goodness, and what a great first 45 years that was. Uh, it has been phenomenal to watch the, the company the company grow. Before you had this idea for the modern-day bass boat, how'd you make a living?
10: Well, we, um, I made a living for a bunch of cows all of my life. Yeah, okay. And I'm an, I had a guide license 14 years before yeah. we started building boats. I built houses, or well, general contract. It didn't have to be a house. Anything somebody wanted, I'd right. bid on it and build it for them. Concrete or wood or whatever. Right. And uh, that really kept us pretty busy, and we were, with all due modesty, pretty successful in the float trip business and right. had a bunch of good guides helping us. Yeah. Had 15, 20 boats in our backyard, and every morning during the season, we'd load up and head somewhere to take somebody on a fishing trip. And yeah. Those same people that were good guides could help build houses and they could drive nails and do all that stuff too. And then when we started building boats, they helped us do that too. My goodness. And just um, a lot of good folks are doing working.
0: The people and our right to bear arms and our right to free speech gather here. This is Kinder Outdoors.
1: Purina Pro Plan fuels all those Westminster champions, 89% of the field trial champions across North America, and hey, they ought to be fueling your champion too. Pick up the Pro Plan at Atwood's Ranch and Home Stores, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Texas, Kansas, and Missouri. In case you missed it last hour, we recalled an old visit with the now late, always great,
2: Lefty Cray. One of the big problems had been why we have not got more people, both women and children, into fly fishing. It's been too expensive. Uh, it used to be 10 years ago, there were almost no rods. that cost less than four or $500. So if you had two kids and you wanted to get them into fishing, between the reels and the rods you had way over a thousand dollars invested in it, and you didn't know whether they were going to like it or not. Yeah. The other thing is that, um, uh, that we really tended to make it a man's sport and it's just, I do private lessons uh, at home on fly casting. It used to be that if a woman would come for a fly casting lesson, usually her boyfriend or her husband brought her and brought her, and they she went along because he wanted her to. Yeah. What's happened the last few years is I've had lots of women who bring their boyfriends or their husband. In fact, uh, I'm, do you know who Wayne Lapierre is? Oh yeah. Well, I uh, met a lady who was, very beautiful lady uh, in her thirties on a business deal, and we bonded, and my wife and I. Fact, well, I'm hitting a store. We really liked her, mm-hmm. and went, and she loved fly fishing, and we fished together a number of times. And one day she called up and she said, uh, "I think I might marry this guy. Would you give him a fly cast last? I said, "Oh sure, Susie. So she brings him up. This little short fellow named Wayne Lapierre, standard. I didn't know who the hell he was. And, and, uh, <laughs> you didn't know. Not then, and uh, she's. Hooked the thumb over toward Wayne and said, "If he don't to f- learn to fly cast, he's out of here."
7: <laughs>
2: Wayne learned to fly cast, and they've of course I've been everywhere on the planet, and they said, "Where should we go?" And they've been fishing in Africa, and New Zealand, oh, yeah. and South America, and they're have a wonderful time. When you're the head of the NRA, you have opportunities. That's right. But the point is that uh, the area that's grown the, the most in fly fishing the last few years has been the introduction of women and Temple Fork uh, has been making rods that are affordable for almost anybody. They, they've got rod, some of their finest rods. In fact, we did, a, um, we did a test by taking some of the most expensive rod blanks, uh-huh. fly fishing blanks, and we took six of those and two Temple Forks, all blanks, sent them to Korea, had all the rods made exactly the same way. Same handles, same fittings. The only difference was they had a code number. What we really wanted to find out was uh, what kind of action the customer wanted. We found out that people who are real good casters like fast rods, pretty good casters like slower rods, and people who don't fish a lot like an even slower rod. It turned out that our cheapest rod was one of the most successful in in the test, and we tested all over it also turned out the most expensive rod got the worst rating from everybody. Isn't that something? So money, the most expensive thing, is not always the best thing. Right. So I think that uh, Temple Fork is has mar- matched the market for where we're at. The kids can now get a great outfit for $75, $80. Oh, that's great. Yeah. What would you suggest to a, to a single mom
1: or maybe a dad who hasn't fished since his dad took him when he was a kid and they want to get their kids involved? What would you do with
2: your kids? Take them to the Dallas Fly Fishers Club. They got one of the nicest clubs, and I've been in, giving talks there a couple times. And they 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 will teach you fly casting. They teach you fly tying. They have uh, trips that they they create and sort of mentor the people going on the trips. Uh, it's and they and one of the the difference. I don't get me wrong. I'm not just a fly fisherman. If they won't take flies, I'm going to. Against it or cinco or something else. If they don't take that, I'm going to go to worms. I'm going to catch that damn fish one way or the other. So
7: <laughs> I ain't one
2: of them guys, you know, that says that you got to use the underarm fur from orangutan from South Africa with Australian <laughs> possum and all that. I'm want to catch fish. You're a fisherman, absolutely, and I'm going to catch fish. But um, the there is a difference between people who fly fish and other fishermen. If I'm fishing with a guy and we're catching a lot of, let's say we're catching a lot of them on Senko's and some boat goes by, my buddy will stick his rod underwater when he's got a bass on there because he don't want nobody to know <laughs> what he's catching them on. But if you're on a, on a flash fly fishing and you're catching a lot of, or you're on, you're not catching any. The fellow down from me is catching something, He'll come over and give you flies. There's a camaraderie there that doesn't exist. With And it's not an elitist thing at all because no. most fly fishermen, they ain't got enough money to be elitist. You know? right, right. <laughs> They're like you and me who are working for a living. Right. But there is a camaraderie. So when you join those clubs, uh, people are tickled to have you and they share it. And they love uh, love helping kids to do these things. And they got programs for kids. So some single mother and also... Uh, there's a lot of nice guys in there that got money, so the wife, if, it's a, if she's single, um, she might find a husband there, too.
1: You are a piece of work,
2: sir. Oh, I thought Bill was a guy's name that I got married. I'm
1: kidding. <laughs> uh, uh, Lefty, thank you so much. Oh. I, I really appreciate the time, and uh, good fishing to you this afternoon. Well, I, thank I, you. I know you're looking forward to your day.
4: That's right. You know, I paid good money to have it deer mounted, and I
3: wish you guys would put hanging your caps on him. This is Walt Garrison in the Camp House with Kinder Outdoors.
1: Robert Cantrell at Texas Outdoors on the Benbrook Traffic Circle in southwest Fort Worth has been selling top-notch hunting, fishing, and outdoor goods and apparel for 38 years. But now the time has come for him to lock up for the last time. Texas Outdoors. A true Texas legend is closing. And understandably, it's an emotional time for Robert. Yee-haw! Come on in to Texas Outdoors in southwest Fort Worth for one last sale. If it's hanging on the wall, sitting on a shelf, crawling across the floor, or swinging from the ceiling, it's gotta go. Woohoo! God bless you for keeping the lights turned on around here for 38 years. Now it's Cantrell's time to go fishing while both knees and one hip still work. Come on in and make an offer. Everything from boots and guns to the shelves and racks have got to go before Robert can. After that, don't try to call anymore. There ain't no phones where he's going. Texas Outdoors in southwest Fort Worth and the great audio sale.
12: Yippee! Right now.
1: At Marksman Firearms and Outfitters, you'll find a huge selection of firearms, ammo, fishing tackle, including rods, reels, lures, baits, and every accessory you can imagine. Whether you buy, sell, or trade, Marksman's mission is to guide and educate their customers, whether they're new to firearms or experienced, skilled shooters. Visit one of their stores in Mansfield, Ranberry, Killeen, or Wichita Falls. For more info, go to MarksmanFirearms.com. Make your mark at Marksman. You've worked hard your entire life, and now that place is yours. Ensure the security of your livestock and wildlife with Tejas Ranch and Game Fence. You appreciate a job well done, and that's our focus at Tejas. High deer fence, horse and cattle specific fences. Fences that keep the hogs out and the peace of mind intact. Decades of high performance in fencing, land clearing, and happy landowners. T-E-J-A-S. TejasRanchFence.com. The Wild Sheep Foundation. Our purpose sounds simple, to put and keep wild sheep on the mountain. But from where we stand to the top of the mountain is a challenging and exciting journey. To be successful, we support the top scientific minds in wildlife research. We tell the story and history of the wild sheep in North America to those around us, like you. And step by step, we protect and grow wild sheep populations. If not for the Wild Sheep Foundation, more than $115 million in care, concern, and conservation work would not have happened over the past 40 years important work that has seen our wild sheep populations grow from 25,000 or so in the 1950s to more than 85,000 today learn more about the worldwide leader in wild sheep conservation secure a membership attend a banquet bid on an auction item make an impact on top of the mountain
8: wildsheepfoundation.org winter at the lake is a wonderful thing the still, quiet solace of the woods and water at Grapevine Lake offer the perfect opportunity to slow the season down a bit. Tucked away behind a secure gated entry and snuggled on the still shore of Grapevine Lake is the national award-winning Vineyards Campground and Cabins. Full hookups, lightning-fast Wi-Fi and cable TV at every campsite and cabin keep you connected, even when you're getting away. The Vineyard sites and fully furnished cabins are the perfect place to kick off the new year and enjoy the great outdoors. Our unique location makes you feel far away from the hustle and bustle when you're just a few blocks from historic downtown Grapevine, the Christmas capital of Texas, offering shops, restaurants, and all the sights and sounds of the season. Cozy cabins, spacious pull-through sites, and a camp store on site to provide whatever you need. Always keeping your health and safety a priority. Come enjoy nature's original way to social distance. Come see us this winter. The Vineyards Campground and Cabins. VineyardsCampground.com.
0: Swapped neighbor Jones some good cigars for an evening hunt in the Honey Hole. Come along with Kinder Outdoors.
10: Hey, if you
1: have a dog with special conditions like an itchy coat or an intolerance to grain, or maybe they've got a few years on them now and could benefit from added glucosamine in their diet for joint health, take a look at the different Pro Plan formulas. Purina Pro Plan at Atwood's Ranch and Home Stores. I think you'll really be happy with the results. Most folks are. It's a premium fuel for your dog, even if they need some special attention. Pro Plan. It's at Atwoods. The snow and ice was so deep and blowing so hard a few years ago that hey, we didn't even try to turn the bird dogs loose. We just sat around that nice warm hotel and had a visit. General Chuck Yeager and me. I won on that deal.
4: <laughs> he said, "Well, we, I'll put you with the MacE the the French resistance forces." Right. And you can, they'll take care of you, and then move you farther south to the border, and then they'll help you through the the border to Spain, and so I I spent quite a you know quite a few days in the mayor's in a little tiny shack behind his house, and the Germans never did get into that area, mm-hmm. and uh, it, so it, he protected me, and finally after about about two months of running around with the Maquis, we moved every night. And they stole cattle, and and uh, the British would drop them a canister or two with Halifax's, and they had radio contact with the, the airplanes, and they would drop these big canisters by parachuting, and have have uh, you know counterfeit meat ration stamps, red mm-hmm. ration stamps, ammunition, guns, explosives, and uh, it was it it was a natural for me because my dad was in the natural. Gas drilling business in West Virginia, and I was dad would put me in charge of the explosives for blowing up, you know, crack, fracturing the earth, sure, 3,000 feet deep, you know, shoot the well, right, crack it around. And so it was easy for me to teach these guys how to cut these fuses for the right length when they were blowing up bridges and huh. and roads and things like that. So it, it I stayed with the Mackie about two months and. Right. They moved every night, and they were really dedicated. Shoot, and they hurt the Germans very bad. So, uh,
1: and don't get the credit that they deserve there.
4: Yeah, that's right. They were the nicest people, and they still they say they lost sixteen hundred American pilots in Spain, yes, and every one of them was helped over by, us by a, a Frenchman. Right, and many of them lost their lives, and people don't realize how dedicated they were in in helping the Americans.
1: I have the original book Yeager that documents yeah. all of this, and I've had it since it. I bet I'm one of the first people to buy it. Yeah. Now, I'm going to get you to sign it for me today. Okay. Too. And uh, when I read that, I just think, what a generation. And I'm not the first, my dad fought in World War II, yeah. he was in France. And uh, yeah. what a generation you come from. I can't think, if I could go back in time and come from a generation of people, it would be the American people in your generation.
4: Yeah. And also, you have to realize where you come from. Like, West Virginia was a place where right. everything was face value. You know, nobody lied because they right. killed you. Right. And that, that's just the way we were raised. Everybody lived face value. You
2: Absolutely. Know?
1: Truth meant a lot back then. Yeah. Being a Texan, I think we have a lot in common with you West Virginians. Yeah. Well, now, I also read in your book that you've never been more comfortable than in the cockpit of a fighter jet or in the woods with your deer rifle.
4: Yeah, that's basically, you know, where you're free to do what you want to.
7: Yeah.
4: And I, I, I spent you know, about 60... 7 years in Air Force cockpits and that's a long time and yes, sir. and I'm very lucky that I've stayed healthy enough to and the Air Force let me serve as a consultant test pilot after I retired because you can you're only allowed to spend 35 years in the military on active duty. Right. But I did. And then when I retired in 1975 the Air Force came to me and said, "Would you serve as a consultant test pilot for a dollar a year?" And my goodness. And, and I said, "Yeah, man, as long as I don't have to buy the fuel." <laughs> <laughs> right. And so I, I worked on all the, all the research airplanes, like the F-15s, F-16s, and F-20s, and others. Yeah. And it, it was interesting because we were developing weapon systems that are still used today. So. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You
1: bet. But Bud Anderson said that you're the best fighter pilot that he had ever known in his life, and you said the same thing about him. Well, who, who wins that?
4: One? Basically. It, you see, you know, fighters. When we were flying them back in the forties and and fifties, there's no there's no help from radar. You te- you depend on eyesight, and right. we had visual acuity of some twenty tenths in each eye, mm. and we could spot the enemy fighters farther away than most of the guys in the squadron could. Uh-huh. And you had to set yourself up to come in out of the sun and 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 blow them out. So right. that's basically the big help today. Everything's done for you. You know, you carry missile, missiles that you home mm-hmm. on the enemy and and lock them on and fire them and then go home because right. they
1: did the
5: work for you. Right
1: now, after eight missions and uh, you were downed in France and then you had a long journey to get yeah. out of
4: France. And well, the- I, I see, we it was on on uh, March March fifth, nineteen forty four. We made the first daylight raid on Berlin, mm-hmm. and it really the whole force of B-17s and B-24s that were scheduled to, to hit Berlin got in bad weather. I mean, really, really bad weather. And there was only one box of 36 B-17s that went ahead and, and uh, went ahead and, and made it to Berlin. And there was only two of us Mustangs with them. Oh, my. And because weather was stinking. And all the guys in our group were lost. They yeah. couldn't find the bombers. Well, me and another guy found we stayed with the bombers and they, they bombed berlin and then, and I noticed the one oh nine trying to come in on him and so i i shot him down and uh-huh. and then damaged the hiker one eleven k and 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 then stayed with them all the way back to the to the channel english channel mm-hmm. and then then took him home and then I went back to my outfit and we' were the only two that that found the bombers and stayed with them, and uh-huh. but that's the way weather was really, really stinking. Right, and you had no nav aids, no nothing. You just right. flew till you hit seen England, and then you try to find your base or any base. Cause literally all by bases ever 10, 10 miles. Sure. So if you couldn't find yours, you'd land at somebody else's base.
1: This December seventh will mark the second anniversary of General Chuck Yeager's death. We have more of our conversation with him coming up in a few minutes. Hang on.
0: This is a Kinder Outdoors Conservation Minute. A focus on people that make a difference.
6: At the Outdoors Tomorrow Foundation, we're really happy to have more than 50,000 kids in school classrooms learning about archery, fishing, boating, and other outdoor skills each year. We're thrilled that we have grown to schools across the United States and continue to grow. We're humbled that teaching wildlife conservation to our future generations have been so eagerly accepted by more than a quarter million kids so far. We're happy, thrilled, and humbled, but we're not stopping. The Outdoor Adventures program in junior highs and high schools across America has proven to be a hit with kids, and in case after case, we've seen Outdoor Adventures young lives changed. Kids that just were not into school and not involved are now excited to get into the classroom each day because of Outdoor Adventures. The kids earn classroom credit by learning the outdoor basics, and they smile while learning. If you want Outdoor Adventures in your local school, contact me, Scott McClure. I'm at gootf.com. That's scott at gootf.com.
0: Preserving what we love and educating the next generation every day. To learn more, visit us at kinderoutdoors.com.
1: Hey, do you remember a few weeks ago here on the show we had the Sportsman's Alliance on the air with us and we were talking about the state of California and how they had recently passed a law banning the marketing of firearms to minors and boy, that's some that's an iffy deal they had going there. The legal challenge by the Congressional Sportsman's Foundation, the SoCal Top Guns, Safari Club International, and the Sportsman's Alliance uh, has come along now, and they seek to protect youth hunting, shooting sports, and education in the state. As is a lot of politically motivated legislation, this new law is written to sound like ear candy to people that want to keep guns safe, but in reality is a piercing blow to our Second Amendment. You can read more about this lawsuit at kinderoutdoors.com.
4: Hi, I'm champion waterfowl caller Eric Guggenheim. When I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm thinking about it with Big Billy Kinder Outdoors.
1: (laughs) Introducing Canyon Valley Provisions. raising cattle in west texas for five generations the granddaddy of texas hunting shows is back at its birthplace to kick off the 2022 hunting seasons august 19 20 and 21 the texas trophy hunters extravaganza at the freeman expo hall in san antonio featuring the greatest hunts newest gear trickiest camo rifles knives and bows live rattlesnakes and gators too See you in San Antonio for the Texas Trophy Hunters Extravaganza, August 19, 20, and 21. Folks, Texas Outdoors, a true Texas legend, has been serving up hunting, fishing, and shooting supplies to fine folks like you and me for 38 years. Every day, Robert Cantrell puts that genuine smile on his face, turns the key in the door, loads up on fresh stories to share, and takes care of whatever you and I have needed. Robert Well done. Texas Outdoors final sale is its biggest ever. Texas Outdoors, southwest Fort Worth on the Benbrook traffic circle. Thank you for your business. Roy Holdridge and True Life Taxidermy in Granbury, Texas are award-winning artists many times over and for several reasons. God-given talent is the starting point, followed by a work ethic that won't allow second best. Roy is also a lifelong and well-traveled hunter. He spent countless hours in the field glassing and studying wildlife around the globe. When you trust your rare and timeless memory to True Life Taxidermy Granberry, be assured that you're working with the very best in the business. My home is a testament to Roy's work at True Life Taxidermy. The pheasants, the whitetails, the axes, the fish, all perfectly preserved. True Life Granberry is the only stop you need to make after the hunt, offering not only world-class taxidermy, but wild game processing, too. Headed for Africa, New Zealand, Colorado, Montana, or any place else? No problem. True Life is well-versed in import and transport, state to state or around the globe. You can trust True Life Taxidermy, truelifetaxidermy.org. If you fry your turkeys during the holiday season and you're tired of the hassle of pots, open flames under hot oil and sticky oily messes. Then it's time to take a good look at the Cajun Fryer by R&V Works. The original, the last fryer that you'll ever need to purchase. Cajun Fryer puts pro-level frying gear in your backyard or hunt and fish camp. These are high-performance, low-maintenance deep fryers that feature the heat source in the oil. Your oil heats from the inside out. If your family loves a fish fry, Cajun Fryer is a must. Because the heat source is suspended in the oil, small crumbs and pieces that burn fall to the bottom. So your oil stays much cleaner, many times lasting the entire year. Often imitated, never duplicated. Don't be fooled. Take a look at the original Cajun Fryer at CajunFryer.com. Fresh, crisp, delicious every time. CajunFryer.com.
12: Every animal that has ever roamed this planet was designed as hunted or hunter, predator or prey. We are hunters. If it were ever necessary, even the strictest vegan would return to the wild, driven to survive by the instincts of his ancestors. Those who hide behind the soft delusion of their own ignorance, do so from within a civilization whose very being costs the lives of countless creatures every single day. Death is an undeniable fuel of life. This is the undeniable truth of existence. To live in balance with the planet that sustains us, we must admit and embrace the nature within us. Trust the hunter in your blood.
0: Have to have four wheel drive to get to this camp house. The helicopter will do the trick. This is Kinder Outdoors.
1: Hey, everybody knows General Chuck Yeager was heroic in battle. He was a, uh, an American icon, broke the sound barrier, a pioneer, a true pioneer in flight. But there's another side to Chuck Yeager that maybe you didn't know about. He was a big outdoorsman. He loved to hunt and fish, particularly hunt for food. Now, looking back over your hunting life, what have you enjoyed the most? Bird dogs, deer hunting,
2: what have you liked? Well,
4: you know, we never knew knew bird dogs when we were kids. Right. So we pretty well learned you shot turkey and grouse and stuff like that on your own. Right. You had to creep up on stuff like that. Right. And we never had any dogs. And this was interesting to me when I came down here to Abilene for the DRI program. These professional guys bring their dogs in. I was amazed. Those yeah. dogs are fabulous to watch them work birds.
9: Yes, and they are. And
4: they're really well trained. Yes, they And are. so it was interesting to me to see them. But that's that, that something was new to us. We never used dogs when we were kids. Right. Except for tree and squirrels. Right. Or coons at night. Sure. And, and things like that. Right. Our, our big source of meat, ax uh, squirrel, something is just, uh, we... We love squirrels. We could go out and shoot half a dozen. Mama's mama's make squirrel and dump Yeah. And then we'd shoot rabbits. She'd fry those up. Absolutely. You'd shoot bear if they were under two years old. Right. And skin them out, cut the fat off, and mom grind them up and put seasoning in them and then patties and then pressure cook them in quart jars. And right. That was a good source of meat. I'm so, getting
5: hungry.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that sounds good right now. Now, General Yeager, when, when you entered the Air Force, you entered as an enlisted man.
4: Yeah, I, can, I enlisted at age 18, and I was one of those we had. I went through flying school as a corporal, was two-striper, and when we graduated, got our wings, see, the Air Force was taking cadets in. Now, a cadet had to have two years of college and be 20 years of age. Well, in 1941, by the latter half of 41, before the war start, they weren't getting enough applicants from the cadet program, so they lowered it to the flying sergeant program. All you, all you needed was a high school diploma right. and be 18 years of age. And they brought us in with the cadets, and we were younger and and we were weren't educated. The cadets had two years of college, right. and uh, we but we had a a big advantage over the cadets, the sergeant pilots did, because we had been working on the airplanes. Yeah. And we came in out of the maintenance right. area. Right, right. And, and so it, it was, it, we were we knew the airplanes better, Inside so we, we were better pilots. And I, uh, when I graduated, then they had finished making a sergeant pilots because it wasn't very right to make a sergeant go do things that a lieutenant did that, at three times the pay, so right. they made them flight officers. They right. same as the warrant officer, and uh, I stayed a flight officer. He's 17 months in combat, hmm. and it was it wasn't an easy life because what combat rank doesn't mean anything. Right. It's ability to see and lead, right. and uh, I was leading guys, lieutenant colonels that who were squadron commanders, and they didn't take kindly to something like that. But uh, right. I could see better than they could. And, and and fight better than they could. So right. that's the way it was. It wasn't an easy life, but sure. I stayed a flight officer 17 months and finally made second lieutenant. And then from there on up, it's uh. just right place to right time. Oh, I know better
1: than that. Uh, young man from West Virginia, yes. serves his as military as, a, as an enlisted man in the Air Force. And now you're revered by presidents. Your name is known around the world. What a life you've had! Uh, can you look back on it and
4: say this was the yeah, best part of my Yeah, basically. Also, I've flown in every country with them, and they—they they always. Were, I was over flying the Airbus 380 last fall in France with the Airbus people. Right. I've flown all of the airplanes that the British have, and the Germans, and the right. Swedes, and Japanese, and right. and it's—they accept you based on your face value. Sure works out pretty good well now
1: all all your your years in the military did you ever have time to break away and do any hunting or did you uh, kind of get yeah. away from it during that time
4: Man, you wouldn't believe i'd fly down here to abilene with May, uh, Speck childs and 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 mal McElwain and, and some of the guys and hunt with them huh. i've hunted in in i was stationed in pakistan for two years uh-huh. for the war with india flying with their air force and, yeah and uh, uh, hell, I was hunting all over the Himalayas shooting Marco Polo shooting no, for, kid. for meat, for meat. Ah, yeah, I would come.
1: love to, I would love to sit next to you through some of the parts of your life. It just yeah, well, it life.
4: it was interesting. You bet it was. Yeah, I'm you one place, I'm not a trophy hunter, so I've never hunted Africa. Uh-huh. And I have no, no desire because I'm a meat hunter, really, right. and every fall I go out and shoot a, yearling cow elk and uh-huh. hopefully with milk on its mouth
1: you're out but, for the but, meat.
4: but i'm after meat and i hunt elk and yeah. and young two-year-old yearling
1: yeah right well now when you were stationed in wyoming you loved to, to uh, yeah. Hunt antelope
4: yeah we well we couldn't get anything you know people would frown on something what we did with but we couldn't get anything with baloney in the mess hall. Right. It was a chunk of bologna eight inches diameter and three feet long. Oh, yeah. Slice it up and that's what you ate. Right. And I said, and in 1943 we were stationed at Casper with P-39s at training and we went from there overseas to combat and uh-huh. we couldn't get any, any meat in the mess hall with this was terrible. Yes, sir. And so, I sent about 15 of my guys out with three weapons carriers and butcher knives and I went out in a P-39 and, charged 250 caliber machine guns and <laughs> I herded up about 200 antelope <laughs> next to a road where they got where I had the guys stationed sure and then strafed them and they cut the good meat <laughs> off of them right. and we had we had antelope steaks for the next month and then they sent us to Europe when a man's hungry a man's hungry well it, it you know there wasn't any hunting and game sure. was thick but and that, it still that's isn't it. we just looked at it just Something to harvest, need. Then Absolutely. that's what we did. You betcha. I can't tell you what an honor it is to uh, sit down with you, and I know that your time is
1: limited, and I'll, I'll not ask you for any more of it.
4: But oh, no problem. I, Anything. I, yeah, we're just up here, and it'll probably be in, I'll stay in the truck to learn to eat pecan. <laughs> Sometimes it get too cold for old
1: Well, I, I'm not going to call you old, yeah. uh, not as long as you're breaking the sound barrier. Uh, just so pleased to have uh, General Chuck Yeager on the show this morning. What do you see for your flying future? You've got a birthday. Yeah,
4: well, I, think, oh, I can fly light airplanes. You know, uh-huh. I don't have to fly military stuff. Right. And, yeah, I still, guy loans you, people loan you an airplane, and it's right. not very much to. Get step into one from one airplane to another. Do you still just get just like, like cars?
1: You you you've flown so many incredible missions and seen so many incredible things from the cockpit. Do you still get a great feeling when you're in the air?
4: Yeah, basically when you when your machinery is working good. Yeah, yeah. When yeah, it, I
1: would yeah. think when that machinery's is not working good, that would well, be good.
4: That's, you know, that's something you can't help. You just. God, that depends on good maintenance. Exactly. Exactly. Well, you're an American hero. You are my hero. Thank
1: you, and God bless you for serving our country. Thank, Thank you very much. You, sincerely, from the bottom of my heart. Yeah. General Chuck Yeager, what a gentleman. Thank you. Thank you. He passed away December seventh, 2020, coming up on the second anniversary of General Chuck Yeager's death. Thank you to my friends at Purina Pro Plan for bringing us this corner of the camp house. You guys getting your bird dogs ready for fall? You really have to be working your dogs right now. Get them in shape. And hey, that means a premium fuel, the very best for your athlete. And that's Purina Pro Plan Performance Formula 30% protein, 20% fat. It's in that purple bag, the sport label Pro Plan Performance. Pick it up at Atwood's
10: Ranch and Home Stores. This is Jim Shockey. And when I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm thinking about them with Kinder Outdoors. <laughs>
1: Can you imagine 20-plus sailfish in a single day? Welcome to Costa Rica's rich fishing history. The marlin catch is as good as any spot on earth. Blue marlin, sailfish, mahi, and tuna. From the moment your feet touch down in beautiful Costa Rica, you'll discover a new love in your life. The landscape, the people, the food, the salty air and year-round fishable temperatures and calm waters. At Sea Sport Fishing, We're prepared for your group with a fleet of some of the most successful vessels in this sport fishing area. Call your buddies or make it a couple's trip to Costa Rica. Enjoy world-class Caribbean sport fishing, endless shopping, beaches, spectacular wildlife. Discover the landscape by horseback. Carib Sea Sport Fishing offers a variety of trips, offshore, inshore, overnight, half day, full day, every day. Come see us now at catchafishincostarica.com. Marksman Firearms and Outfitters' mission is to guide and educate customers, whether they're new to firearms or experienced, skilled shooters. They take the time to teach you which guns will properly suit your needs, as well as how to care for them to ensure the longevity and quality of your firearm. At Marksman, they believe every customer deserves a place to go that offers the largest variety at reasonable prices with staff that's truly knowledgeable and always puts the customer first. For more info, go to MarksmanFirearms.com. Make your mark at Marksman. Folks, Texas Outdoors, a true Texas legend, has been serving up hunting, fishing, and shooting supplies to fine folks like you and me for 38 years. Every day, Robert Cantrell puts that genuine smile on his face, turns the key in the door, loads up on fresh stories to share, and takes care of whatever you and I have needed. Robert Well done. Texas Outdoors final sale is its biggest ever. Texas Outdoors. Southwest Fort Worth on the Benbrook traffic circle. Thank you for your business. The Moore family at Southwestern Parts and Service in Dallas has been specializing in fishing reel repair since 1970. Early on, fishermen nationwide recognized that Southwestern Parts and Service was dependable, honest, and very good at what they do. With the largest fishing reel parts inventory in the US and even some inventory for obsolete and discontinued models. Yes, grandpa's old reel sitting on the mantle can go back to work again. Southwestern parts is recognized by folks like Shimano, Abu Garcia, Daiwa, Penn, and Zebco Quantum as an authorized warranty center. And labor on fishing reels is 1995 plus parts on most models, and that includes cleaning and lubrication. And with six full-time techs, Southwestern Parts and Service strives to get your equipment back into your hands quickly. Is your local Reel Shop having trouble finding parts for repair? We can help. Come see us at www.fishingreelrepair.com. That's fishingreelrepair.com. 214-630-8161. We do work for customers worldwide, and we can help you, too. You know, as bird hunters and bird dog owners, We've seen our wild bird hunting opportunities dwindle in recent years. And if you, like me, don't want to kennel your bird dog in the spring just to let him hibernate till fall, then you should take a long look at the world's largest field trial organization, the National Shoot to Retrieve Association, or NASTRA. This was the very idea of NASTRA's founding fathers back in the 1960s. They wanted to extend time in the field with the dogs that they loved. And it must have been a pretty good idea, because over the years, many thousands of men, women, teens, and families have enjoyed participating in NASTRA field trials. All pointing breeds are welcome, and there's no need to be intimidated. NASTRA sponsors over 1,000 field trials across the U.S. and Canada each year. It's at these trials where your dog can earn his NASTRA championship, qualify for entry into your regional championship, and NASTRA's five national championships. Take a look at our website nstra.org and consider visiting a local trial. We look forward to meeting you. Ag Texas. The name itself says trust, honesty, strength, and tradition. Ag Texas has from the get-go been dedicated to the prosperity of agriculture and rural America. The Ag Texas family can help grow your herd or your operation. Give us a call and talk to Ag Texas pros about risk management in the form of crop insurance, protecting borrowed capital and savings. We specialize in everything from dairy cows to pecan trees. And have the right financial tools and knowledge at Ag Texas to help you grow and grow safely. We can't tell you when it's going to rain again, but we can assure that your crop, your cows, your family, and the family land are secure and protected no matter the storm or the dry spell. We are Agriculture at Ag Texas, and we look forward to visiting with you. Ag Texas is at agtexas.com. And just down the road...
0: And fishermen gather here every week. Boy, we need another freezer. This camphouse is Kinder Outdoors.
1: Love to hear from you. Leave a note on the camphouse door at kinderoutdoors.com That's K-I-N-D-E-R, or call anytime 1877820. 1-8-7-7-8-20, BBKO 1877820-2256. One of my all-time favorite guys in the outdoor industry was Forrest L. Wood. My last really good visit with Forrest before he passed away uh, was Forestwood Cup Weekend, the championship of the old FLW Tour.
11: Thank you, sir, and um, it's a pleasure to hear from you.
1: You know what? I'll always treasure the day, and Robin will, too, where uh, you and Nina were so kind to spend the whole afternoon with us at the Forestwood Outdoor Sports Gallery in Flippin' Arkansas. Uh, And the only problem with
11: that was, Forrest, half a day wasn't enough. <laughs> well, we had a good time though, and that, <laughs> yes, we did. That uh, br- that brings so many memories back. As you walk around, look—you just can't hardly ever get finished.
1: No, everything I in there, it,
11: everything in there is connected to somebody and some event that happened. Yes, yeah, and literally,
1: if you are a, a bass boat enthusiast, a bass fishing enthusiast, um, you you don't want to miss it when you have an opportunity to visit the Forest Wood Outdoor Sports Gallery. Lip in Arkansas, right next to the Ranger Factory. There, uh, it is something uh, something to see. Well, it's Forest Wood Cup time. You've been doing this yeah. a long time, Forrest. Does
11: the thrill of this ever fade away, or is it just as exciting as it as it was at the first? It gets better and better, Billy. Really, <laughs> I talked to Kathy Fennel a couple of days ago and asked her when uh, Operation Bass started, and they started nineteen eighty. She said. And so we've nice. been involved with Operation Bass all that time. That's 38 years, I guess, so forth. And she <laughs> was there. She was there then, actually, I believe. But it's been a been a nice ride, and we've seen a lot of things change. And they're all get they're all getting better too. All these kids fishing yeah. today just makes you feel good about the future.
1: It sure does. When you can get a college scholarship for catching big green bass, that we've reached a
11: good
7: <laughs> spot. <laughs> See,
11: yeah. when, when I was in high school I had to slip off and go fishing once in a while <laughs> talking about yeah. that the go fishing. <laughs> I was in the same boat for us hey for folks that don't know about Operation Bass what is that uh, BASS had started prior to that they started in 67 and then some others began to spring up and uh, Mike Whittaker started uh, and, and some other people started Operation Bass over in Kentucky aimed at weekend fishermen didn't plan to get to be a big thing but it has grown through the years and uh, it, till today FLW has over 200 tournaments during the year and in about 8 foreign countries I think and so Mike Whitaker and the people with him then and Operation Bass started something that's really having an impact till today and so it's a thrill for me to be involved with it, the FLW the Forest L Wood, that's my initials, and then they named this year-end tournament Forest Wood Cup, and it's a thrill to be here, nine an hour through Sunday, I guess, and uh, it's just a big event, and it's a uh, good, and not, not only the year-end fish winners, the people that qualified to come out and fish, but there, last year, there was kids from I believe 37 states came to Columbia, South Carolina, and they had a kids' tournament at the same time on a different lake, and they'll be doing that this year, too, here at uh, Hot Springs.
1: Absolutely. Boy, it is something else. Uh, It's a great get-together if you're anywhere in the area of uh, Hot Springs, Arkansas. You want to try to make it out this weekend to the Expo and, and all the good things that happen. The biggest purse in professional bass fishing three hundred thousand dollars to the to the winner. Uh, Forrest, do you have any idea what it's going to take to win this thing?
11: No, I do not. I would not want to make a guess about that. It'll it <laughs> take more. Whoever catches more fish and everybody else is going to win. <laughs> it's. I think fishing fishing's pretty good right now, and actually, uh, Billy, I think fishing's got better through the years. And part of it's because of the catch-and-release efforts that the tournaments are making. And I think that's just had an impact across the country. We don't catch them and kill them all anymore. Of course, nothing wrong with eating one now and then, but catch-and-release was a big step. It was a huge step. And you can go to nearly any lake in the country now that has bass, and it's going to have quality bass in it because of that. It's been uh, pretty phenomenal. I'd like to. I think it could help us too. There are, here on White River, there are three dams Bull Shoal, Saber Rock, and Beaver Lake. And if they would stabilize the water level for a month during spawning season in each of those, alternate them, they could have a spawn every third year in those lakes and maybe even oftener than that. And it would be so simple just to stabilize the water level during spawning season in Bull Shoals this year, Tabor Rock next year, and Beaver next year. And then other lakes across the country that are controlled by Southwest Power Administration could do the same thing because they have other lakes, other dams that could fill in for them while they stabilize the water in the individual lakes. And I think that's, that's something that needs to be thought about and maybe and in, in get involved in. I think that would be absolutely
1: key uh, that our bass are not chasing that rise and fall in water level all the time, trying to
11: to do uh, what God intended them to do. You're exactly right. Right, right. A lot of times they get, make a nest and then it get they lower the lake and leave them sitting on dry ground. And we, we miss a spawn pretty often now because of that.
1: Yes. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, Well, Forrest, before I let you go, I have to know, is Nina still chasing those cows around?
11: She is. Well, yeah, of course she is. (laughs) We've we've still got more than we ever had, I guess, but we're in a severe drought here right now. We're, we're hauling hay from Mississippi here and feeding cows right now. It's just well, but the, the good news about that Mississippi hay is it's real cheap, isn't it, Forrest? <laughs> well, time it is before <laughs> you put the truck bill on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, Forrest,
1: always a pleasure to talk to you. Enjoy the the cup this weekend,
11: and congratulations on another great year. I will, and I wish you and Robin could be here. It'd be fun to see you. And thanks for calling me.
1: You know, in that interview with Forrest, I referenced the day that Robin and I spent the afternoon with him and Nina at the Forrest Elwood Outdoor Gallery in Flippin, Arkansas. Here's part of that conversation.
10: Were you born right here in Flippin, Arkansas? Yes, uh, my folks came here in 1821. My word,
1: 1821, and, and it wasn't uh, quite as developed it as it is now.
10: <laughs> no, they came up, White River made a crop down around Norfolk one year, and then Came on up Crooked Creek and settled on Crooked Creek the next year. My goodness, those roots run deep. How about uh, Nina? Is she from this area? She grew up where the dam is now, where the golf course is. Yeah. In fact, they took her parents' or grandparents' property to build a dam on. Oh, is that right? Yeah. She thought about dynamiting the dam for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> she had a right to. It's partly hers. It, yeah. it goes back in the gene pool there a little bit. How that strange thing they had taken the other side of her family at Norfolk when they built Norfolk Dam. Yeah. They'd taken their property. Is that right? They built this and they got them again. <laughs> I'll
1: never look at those two dams the same way again. Before you had this idea for the modern-day bass boat, how'd you make a living?
10: Well, we um, I made a living for a bunch of cows all of my life. Yeah. Okay. And I, I had a guide license 14 years before yeah. we started building boats. I built houses, or, well, a general contract. It didn't have to be a house. Anything somebody wanted, I'd right. bid on it and build it for them. Concrete or wood or whatever. Right. That really kept us pretty busy, and we were. With all due modesty, pretty successful in the float trip business, and had a bunch of good guides helping us. Yeah, had fifteen, twenty boats in our backyard, and every morning during the season, we'd load up and head somewhere to take somebody on a fishing trip. And yeah, those same people that were good guides could help build houses and they could drive nails. And then when we started building boats, they helped us do that too. Oh my goodness, and just. Um, Good, good, a lot of good folks are doing, working. Yeah. Hey,
1: thanks for hanging out with us at Kinder Outdoors. I also want to thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for the time. And invite you back next time around. Till then, may God bless you and your bunch.